Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, reporting from the Brooklyn Bunker. Folks, in my conversation today with our friend, MSNBC legal analyst and host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner, we dive into the walls that are closing in on Donald Trump. At least I say that I would like for these walls to be closing in on Donald Trump. And Glenn is going to walk us through upcoming on the show, basically what unfolded at the end of last week with the Georgia grand jury. So here is where we are. Donald Trump has so many fucking cases against him right now, but The issue that we are having and the issue that has always been with the Trumps is that while they are sued a numerous amounts of times, they are never really convicted of anything. And that's the problem. And this is how when he was, you know, the king of New York in the 80s and the early 90s, why Donald Trump had the name Teflon Don. Because nothing ever stuck. He was like the fucking mobster that you always tried to pin the murders on, but you would turn up with nobody. And that's the thing, is that Donald Trump, I believe that he entered into the presidency with the belief that he knew that he was hundreds of millions of dollars in debt, that he could use the presidency as a way to hustle, right? As the grifter that he is, which he did, emoluments clause what? And that he also could use it as cover, for all of the cases and the trials and the things that people had said. I mean, remember, folks, like, just go back in your mind. Donald Trump has over 20 women that have accused him of sexual assault and or harassment, right? Donald Trump has a numerous amounts of photos with Jeffrey Epstein and Giselaine, right? Maxwell. 
You know who this man is. You know that the Trump Foundation and University was shut down by Attorney General Letitia James, New York Attorney General, right? Because of fraud. And so the investigation that continues in New York is on fraud, now moving uh, down the line in the Trump shell businesses to Trump organization as a whole. But that case is a civil case. And Glenn will walk us through, obviously, the difference between civil charges that could possibly be brought. And again, they have yet to happen. But what was said out of the AG's office is that there is mounting, right, quotes, air quotes, mounting evidence that there was uh, fraud that has happened and was the norm for the Trump organization. In a civil case, though, there's no jail time. But The recent movements down in Georgia by Georgia uh, AG Willis is different because we're actually talking about criminal charges. And the reason why she has now asked for there to be a special grand jury called in is because Georgia law does not allow for regular grand juries to be able to authorize subpoenas with any force. And what do we know about Trump and company? They don't give a fuck about subpoenas, right? They don't care about congressional subpoenas. And unless it's coming down from the Department of Justice, which Glenn will tell us about, then there really are no teeth to these subpoenas. And so they can just shrug and say, oh, I I, I didn't see it. Maybe it went to spam, right? The interesting thing, though, about the Georgia case is that Trump is caught on audio again, Can you find me 11,786 votes? I mean, you do not have to be a rocket scientist to be able to infer what the intent was there, right? Like, oh, I wonder what he meant by that. Just like, I wonder what Donald Trump meant on January, in January, before the January 6th insurrection, when he said that January 6th was going to be wild. I wonder what he meant by that when he was sitting around for 187 minutes, while police officers were brutalized, right? While after six people end up dead and does nothing, right? Does nothing. We know that his spawn, Ivanka Trump, was asked, right? Because apparently the 1-6 committee, the 1-6 commission in the house is still in the vein of like playing nice and asking, right? for information as opposed to recognizing again who these people are and treating them like the criminals we know them to be. So Ivanka Trump is going to do what she's been taught her whole life, sidestep the law, play just really close to the margins. And if you go over, well, you're a Trump and it'll be covered up anyway. When I say that the walls are closing in, I hope to God that they are. But what I will add is that this Department of Justice, I don't give a fuck about what press conferences Merrick Garland wants to hold. He, the man, has no spine. He has no teeth. Tell me why, with the walking in with the Mueller report, just sitting on your desk, right? And the ability to go after the 10 ways in which he laid out that this administration obstructed justice. How there is no parallel fucking case being brought by the Department of Justice, which actually can enforce subpoenas, that if you don't show up, right, you are thrown in jail. I mean, if you are a fan of law and order, and again, that's the only place that I get my legal degree from, 
then you always see like some bench warrants here and people being thrown in jail. But as we see, if you are wealthy, if you are white, if you are male and well-connected, then you are in fact above the law. All of the things, right, that the Democratic Party has been saying and the commission has said and you've heard from other people and we heard Merrick Garland a couple of weeks ago, nobody is above the law. Well, then prove it. Prove that nobody is above the law. With a mountain of evidence that you have in front of you, knowing that the administration was crooked, knowing that Donald Trump is a fraud and a thief and a grifter, knowing all of those things to be true, again, where is the case, right? And Glenn, for the first time, will also say that his um, feelings about the Department of Justice and giving them more and more time, more and more room is starting to frustrate him. And these are colleagues and friends. So you think to yourself, if folks like us who are in, engaged on a day-to-day -day basis and actually have some skin in the game here because politics is our work and want to uphold democracy and do our part to do so, and we are feeling spent, we are feeling like we are over, right, the administration, over the Department of Justice, how do you think that regular Americans are feeling? Right. You know, I asked uh, at the end of last week on social media and I've asked all of you here, what is the grade that you would give to the Biden administration? And I include the Department of Justice in there. Right. Because Biden appointed Merrick Garland. I initially thought that it was as a big F you to Mitch McConnell and the Republicans like Merrick is going to get in here somewhere. Right. And we knew that the confirmation would go relatively smooth. But then now I look around and I'm just like, you could have chosen anybody, anybody with some force, with some grit to be your AG, to show that you would go after the former president because we need to close every single loophole that Trump was able to worm his way through to protect our democracy. This isn't a partisan attack. This is that, wow, you really, essentially, I didn't know until Donald Trump's refusal to show his taxes, that that wasn't part of the law. That was just a political norm that every single president, all 44 before him, abided by. But Donald Trump is just like, well, if it's not the law, and even if it is, I'm going to get my fucking, you know, crackerjack box of lawyers to slow walk this so that I don't ever have to show over my papers. Well, the only people that do that are criminals. But we allowed that to slide. That was one of the first initial political norms that we allowed Donald Trump to disrupt. And that was before he was president of the United States. Every other candidate for the Republican Party had shown their taxes but Donald Trump. So again, what does that say? about our ability to just continue to sweep things under the rug and then turn around and realize that we have Mount Everest in front of us. And now the Department of Justice is just like, ooh, the climb seems too steep. Seems like too much work to even get to base camp, so we might as well just not bother. We'll just go after the low-level folks at the bottom, and then that should satisfy the masses. Well, guess what? It fucking does not. We are not satisfied by the three years over here for insurrectionists or a couple of months over there or just a slap on the wrist and, oh, I hope you don't do this again as they're building up their arsenals.
Folks, we have nine months, roughly, right, give or take, until midterm elections. And again, if you look at what people are saying about the Biden administration, even woke AF nation, if we were to take the average of the grades that people are throwing out, this administration would get what I offered on Woke Wednesday and on here, which is a D plus. A D plus C minus is what folks are saying. So if that is really how the American people feel, right? And these are progressives, folks like you and I, if they're saying D plus C minus, then what about those people who are not engaged on a day-to-day basis? What do you think they think about this administration? So how does that look as we head into midterm elections when Democrats literally have nothing to run on. I mean, you listened to, you, you listened last week to, you know, Principal Deputy White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. You listened to her offer what she believes are some of the high points of the administration. And I said to her, but the American public, their memories are real short. So if you're talking about a COVID relief package that you were able to push through in January 2021, you think anybody is remembering that come November of 2022? Probably not. Because America is always looking at what have you done for me lately? And we know that the the game is always stacked against the party of the sitting president. So they're not doing themselves any favors right now. And this is the problem that we are facing. And so coming up next, Glenn will walk us through the difference uh, in these two major cases that are coming down and what the timeline he believes that we are going to be working with over the course of the next several months, God forbid the next couple of years, which I believe that we actually do not have. We are running out of time because as soon as Republicans sweep in the midterm elections, all of this commission work, all of this digging is going to grind to a halt and we are going to see frivolous hearing after frivolous hearing at 7 p.m. Eastern every single day to make Joe Biden and the Biden administration look as crooked as the Trump organization actually is. So, folks, that conversation is coming up next. Folks, you know that I am always so grateful when we have our friend, MSNBC legal analyst and the host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner, join us to talk our way through the mess that is going on in Trump's world. Uh, the other day, Haley Jackson put up a slide that had to be in such small font on MSNBC of all of the infractions because there are so many. Tell us what's happening in Georgia because you offered reading of the tea leaves last week to tell us what was what was going to be coming up. Now we have an order for a special grand jury. What does that mean? Danielle, this is a mess and we're all in this mess together. You know, Georgia, um, I think it's a good news story. Uh, only one of a few good news stories in the last week or two. But so. Um, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis has been investigating this case for some time. Presumably, she's been investigating it with a regular grand jury in Georgia. 
the the quirk about Georgia grand jury practice is the regular grand jury doesn't have the subpoena power. So apparently, and I see parallels between how the House Select Committee has been conducting its investigation and what we're now learning in Georgia. And I'll talk about those in a minute. But um, she has applied to the chief judge of the Fulton County Superior Court asking that a special grand jury be impaneled so she can issue enforceable subpoenas. Why? Mm -hmm. Because not everybody has been cooperating voluntarily with her investigation. Doesn't that sound a lot like what's going on in Washington? The House Select Committee has interviewed, has taken testimony from, and received evidence from more than 400 witnesses. Those are the people who are voluntarily cooperating. Then there are a handful of people who won't. Those are the members of the cover-up caucus, right? That's Jim Jordan <laughs> oh, I and love Scott that. Perry and Mark Meadows and Steve Bannon. And hopefully we'll talk about Ivanka in a few minutes and whether she's going to want to join the cover-up caucus. So just as lots of people have been cooperating with the House Select Committee investigation, but some have not, I think Fawny Willis is experiencing the same thing in Georgia, which is why she finally said, now I need a special grand jury so I can start banging out people with subpoenas and forcing them to testify. So that's it's a good step forward. And okay. I am hoping that Fawny Willis is closer to an indictment than she is being on the front end of her investigation, because we all heard the criminal phone call that Donald Trump made. Just give me one more vote. Then I need to win and corruptly declare me the winner of the Georgia state election. So the Georgia story is a good news story and a good development this week. So let's, you know, because thankful, thanks to you, uh, the listeners of Woke AF have their, uh, you know, minors in, in law, right? In, in Trump law, in Trump indictments. What is the difference? Like what, what, what is it that we are looking for and hearing the rumblings about with Tish James, AG in New York, where I am, and what it is that AG Willis is looking for. So you just brought up the fact that we're going back to the give me another vote, right? Which sounds a lot like Zelensky, do me a favor though, which sounds a lot like how Trump has operated for his entire life. So what are these two parallel tracks that are being run and I and I will, would be remiss if I did not recognize that it is black women that are leading the charge in these two different states um to get justice right for Georgia and for New York in the ways in which Donald Trump and his criminal enterprises have been able to maneuver around these places what's the difference between what is happening in New York what is happening in Georgia and do you think Donald Trump right now is getting more and more nervous he should be because the investigative circle is tightening around him. That is indisputable. That's a matter of fact, I would contend. So to your question, what's going on in New York, uh, Tish James Attorney General's office is a civil investigation into potential fraud by the Trump organization, including by Donald Trump, Ivanka, Eric and uh, Don Jr. And we somewhat deliciously saw in a court filing, which was appropriate because the Trumps are fighting in court the subpoenas that they've been served with to testify in that fraud investigation, civil investigation. So nobody will ever go to jail um, in connection with Tish James investigation. That's civil fraud. She could she could sue. She re could recover damages on behalf of the state of New York and she could shut down the Trump organization. But that's civil, not criminal. 
So okay. um, she she disclosed in that litigation that, well, when Eric Trump fought the subpoena that she served on him, lost that fight and was forced to sit for a deposition, he invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination more than 500 times. Now, let's what? set aside the yeah more than 500 times. That's in the court filing. Let's set aside the comedic value of Donald Trump saying now apparently um, this applies to his son. Only mobsters plead the fifth. The really important thing for us to remember is when you invoke the fifth, you have an absolute constitutional right under the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. And I will fight for your right to do that, regardless of how cruddy you are. But when you do it in a criminal case, it can't be held against you in a civil case. It can. So when and if this case goes to trial, when I predict when, not if Tish James drops a big old civil suit on Donald Trump and his organization, they will be able to take those 500 invocations of the Fifth Amendment by Eric, and they will be able to present it to the civil grand jury. And the civil law is such that the judge will instruct the civil jury, you can take Eric's invocation of his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination into account in the evidence. You can draw adverse inferences against him based on it, and you can use it as a basis as part of your verdict and your judgment against Eric, and perhaps by extension, the Trump organization, depending on how the case is handled. So that is what Tish James is doing, hugely consequential, but it's civil, not criminal. What Fonnie Willis is doing is even more consequential because it's criminal and people could go to prison. So let, let's talk for a moment, because what Tish James is doing sounds a lot like how we were able to shut down Trump University, right? And Trump Foundation. This is a similar situation in which we they they were able to uncover the fact that the Trump Foundation and the university were basically swindling people, right? Like they were basically swindling folks um, using the university and the foundation as some type of front, right? To be able to funnel in money. So that was shut down. Was there a... a a fine associated with that? Like, did they have to pay back the people who they swindled out of their money? Or was it the 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 big aha with Trump, you know, was just shutting it down? So I, I asked that because I'm like, with if it's the same road that we're walking down in New York with the Trump organization, is is the biggest issue just being shut down, but they can pop up with another name in another place. Or are they going to have to owe back, uh, back fees, back, ta back taxes, back whatever uh, financial gains that they had, they'll have to give it back? So I don't know the answer with respect to the Trump University uh, case, how that um, ended up and what happened beyond Trump U University being shut down, put out of business. And I don't want to guess what I will say is ordinarily in those kind of civil suits. It's all about the damages. So you have to pay back to the victims whatever fraudulent money you took from them. You may have to pay fines and penalties. There may be back taxes. There may be court costs. There may be any number of financial implications as a result of those kind of, kind of cases. So yes, I assume that will be part and parcel of whatever civil suit Tish James ends up bringing. But remember, she hasn't filed a civil suit yet against the Trump organization. She's investigating it. That's why mm -hmm. she's issued penas to Eric. That one is behind us now to 
Trump to Ivanka to Don Jr. And that signals to me that she's at the very end of her civil investigation because you don't go at the targets until the very end when you have all of the other evidence you can confront them with when they are compelled to sit for a deposition. And it is at that point, she'll probably drop a big old fraud lawsuit on Trump and his organization. What is the likelihood that the fraud, right, would turn into, the fraud in New York could possibly turn into also a criminal investigation? Like, isn't isn't fraud and committing it like an actual crime? Yes. Right. And let's and let's remember the Manhattan district attorney who was Cy Vance and is right. now Alvin Bragg, who has taken over. Um, and I suspect he's going to do even better work than Cy Vance. I was not all that impressed with Cy Vance's tenure, given some of what we learned about how he dealt with Trump and the organization. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there already is a criminal prosecution going on of the Trump organization. Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer, and I suspect there are more indictments to drop in that case. And remember, there is a piece of the investigation involving the civil fraud that is partnered up with the Manhattan DA's criminal probe, which is a blessing and a curse. It's good because, you know, two organizations are better than one when you're attacking large institutional organizational crime and fraud. But it does give Trump a little bit of a challenge to make against the civil subpoena saying, wait a minute, This is just a ruse to try to get me under oath and then use it against me in the criminal prosecution because the AG's office is even working with the Manhattan DA's office in that way. Mm -hmm. That's that's an allegation that will ultimately be rejected. And I predict these subpoenas will be enforced and Don and Don Jr., Ivanka and Trump will have to sit for these depositions. What I also predict is they will all invoke their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, just like Eric did. This is just wild to me. Um, so going back to Georgia now, um, Willis asked for a special grand jury. What is the timeline of the ask, uh, the approval, then we go through the process, I'm assuming, of putting together a grand jury. So just quick, quickly walk us through that, and then we'll transition to the 1-6 the, the commission. But I, you know, it's always grand jury, special grand jury. What, what are these people? Well, who are these people? How do we go about picking them? And how long that process is? Is it six sure. weeks that they're sitting? Is it 12? And remember, we had a special grand jury impaneled in New York, the district attorney, too. But that was because the grand juries in New York only sit for about four weeks and they needed consistency. So they asked for a six month long special grand jury. That was more about timing than it was about the authority that that grand jury has to issue subpoenas or not issue subpoenas. So down in Georgia, I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of Georgia grand jury procedure because all 50 states have their own procedural of course quirks they do. when it comes to grand juries. I can tell you generally how it how it happens. Mm-hmm. If you apply to the chief judge to impanel a special grand jury, the chief judge will act on that very quickly. I mean, it literally could be within a day or a week because oh. there's no legal debate or litigation that has to go on. It is a, a one-sided request, what we would call an ex parte request by the prosecutor saying, I need this and here's why witnesses are not voluntarily cooperating, and I need to compel their testimony with grand jury subpoenas. So I predict the judge will act and very likely grant 
the, the request to impanel this grand jury. Then they will send out jury notices. That's a process that can take a few weeks before they can get. Now, they, they probably have standing grand jury notices that have already been sent out for other cases, for trials or for other grand jury matters. So all of this can be done pretty quickly. I would say within 30 days or maybe less, you'll have that grand jury sitting taking testimony. Then the question becomes, how long does the grand jury investigation take? That mm -hmm. depends on how many witnesses have refused to voluntarily um, uh, uh, take part in Fawny Willis's investigation. If it's only, I mean, think about, let's go back to the parallel, the 1-6 committee. I know we're going there in a minute. 400 witnesses have cooperated. Half a dozen have thumbed their noses at congressional subpoenas, the Meadows, the Jordans, the Perrys. Right. So if there is a parallel between how few witnesses in Georgia have told Fawny Willis, take a flying leap, I'm not coming in, then they can actually move through that pretty quickly. Okay. Um, if I'm Donald Trump, if you're Donald Trump right now, right, this announcement comes out midweek. Uh, on top of Tish James saying there's a lot of evidence, um, we're going to move into uh, Ivanka Trump now being asked, not subpoenaed by the one six commission, but asked um, to to come in for for questioning. How nervous am I on a scale of one to ten? If I'm Trump, Trump's lawyers and circle. If you're paying attention to what's going on, you're getting more nervous by the day. This investigative circle is tightening. Um, you know, now what Ivanka will end up doing in response to this request for voluntary cooperation, mm -hmm. I suspect she'll, she'll, she'll decline and then she'll be subpoenaed. The important thing for people to remember is there's no daddy daughter legal privilege, <laughs> right? Are you sure? There's an executive <laughs> privilege, doctor, patient privilege, attorney, client privilege, priest, parishioner privilege. There's a spousal privilege. There's no daddy-daughter privilege. So she can be compelled to testify. The question becomes, what will she do when push comes to shove? She undoubtedly has information relevant to the mm -hmm. one six committee's investigation. I suspect, I strongly suspect, she has information that is incriminating of her father. Why? Because we know she was part of the inner circle. During the Capitol attack, there are reports that she was in the room talking with him, listening to what he had to say. When we investigate crime and we need to prove criminal offenses, there are two things that we have to prove, a criminal act and corrupt intent, criminal intent, guilty mens rea, state of mind. Now, mm -hmm. ordinarily, that's not hard to do. Why? Because we infer intent from conduct. Donald Trump's conduct is criminal. We can infer his intent was criminal. Give me three hours in front of a grand jury, of a a trial jury in D.C., and I'm pretty darn sure I could convince them of Donald Trump's crimes. Hopefully we get there someday. So, But what Ivanka can provide is she can say, I was in the room while daddy was watching TV, watching officers be assaulted, property for be destroyed, the Capitol being minutes. breached, and his angry mob hunting for elected officials. And I said, dad, you've got to put a stop to this. And he said, A, B, and C. A, B, and C is going to be direct evidence of his intent, probably his criminal intent, because we know he didn't call off the attack for more than three hours after Mark Meadows said, uh, not Mark, uh, Kevin McCarthy said, I told him about it at the very beginning. 
So he knew, even if he wasn't watching it on TV, which he was. So Ivanka has a question to ask herself. Danielle and I assume you and I know what the answer will be. But Mm -hmm. the question is, do I want to be a patriot? Do I want to provide relevant, accurate, truthful information to the House Select Committee about what my father did on January 6th? Or do I want to cover up his crimes? Do I want to refuse to provide this information? Do I want to become yet another member of the cover-up club together with Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Scott Perry, and Steve Bannon? It's a small club. It's not a terribly elite club. But, you know, we have a term for what these people have decided to do, which is hide incriminating information about the conduct of another. It's called a cover-up. Have these people learned nothing of the lessons of Watergate? If the crime don't get you, the cover-up will. And I want the Department of Justice to go after Trump and his criminal associates for their crimes against democracy. But I also want them to go after everybody who covered up those crimes. You know, it's so funny because I... I, I want to believe that people, you know, ultimately will do the right thing. I want to believe that ultimately justice will prevail because if I don't, you know, then I don't know what I'm doing for a living. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, as you're saying this, I'm like, well, patriotism doesn't provide dividends, right? It doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't give you a return on investment. And these people are led by money. They're led by greed, right? Um, And and so I think, and the funny thing, and and this is, I, I just am cracking up in my head, is that didn't Trump Jr. have to call Mark Meadows in order to get in touch with his father, and now we all know that Ivanka was in the room. Why wouldn't you have just been able to call your sister and say, "Put Dad on"? I just this family is so bizarre to me. They're, Danielle, they are... if Don Jr. was your brother, would you take his call? <laughs> <Or that one? laughs> wouldn't I? Wouldn't either. You're right. I'd hit ignore. Um, you know. So w- the question that I have about the one six commission and 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 not subpoenaing Ivanka. Why are we still in this period, Glenn, do you think, where this the commission is still playing uh, Mr. and Mrs. Nice Guy? Like we have the half a dozen people or the, the dozen plus people that have refused their niceties, right, are the ones that are integral to this commission being successful in, in its investigation and, in, and, and uncovering for the public, you know, who knew what when about the attempt to overthrow the government. So why aren't we subpoenaing Ivanka Trump and wasting time, I guess, is what is what I'm saying. I feel like time is being wasted when these people keep showing us who they are. It, it is being wasted. Here's my assumption. We don't know why they're going this route, but usually when there are co-equal branches of government embroiled in disputes, if that dispute is ever going to move into the courts to be litigated, there is something called accommodation. And accommodation is actually one of the factors that the courts will look at before they decide a potentially political question on the merits. The courts will ask in litigation, you know, where one co-equal branch of government is trying to get something or trying not to provide something to the other. And they, the courts will first say, did you try the accommodation process? Because if you didn't, then maybe you didn't make a good faith effort to get this short of upping the legal ante. 
Um, and so it's literally a factor in any number of legal tests when potentially political questions move into court. So it's kind of in the legislature's blood. It's part of the okay. DNA of Congress to try accommodation first. Now, when the house is on fire, you don't, you know, test the, the temperature of the water on your wrist before you try to put the dang fire out. So I'm with you, right? right democracy, right. we're burning democracy daylight. Let's go. But I don't think, and especially the Dems, I don't think they have it in them to go hard, to go fast, and to and to depart from processes like accommodation first. So, and here's the other thing. When you talk about congressional subpoenas, let, can we do a minute on how all subpoenas are not created equal? Mm -hmm. Because this is becoming more important by the day as we continue to see DOJ do nothing, at least overtly, that, that, that would make it seem they're criminally investigating the, the command structure of the insurrection in the grand jury, which is where they need to be. All, all subpoenas are not created equal. So we have congressional subpoenas, which we mm -hmm, have all mm -hmm. seen can be disregarded and defied and yep. mocked and derided. Did you see Jenna Ellis's tweet? I had to double check her timeline to make sure it was really her. She said, yeah, the committee's just angry because they can't date me. I'm not making that up. Check her timeline. She's mocking and deriding congressional subpoenas. And you know what? Congressional subpoenas are toothless. Why? Because Congress has extracted its own teeth by refusing to use its inherent power of contempt to compel uh, obedience to subpoenas. They could do it. They choose not to. It goes back to the timidity of Congress, right? So congressional subpoenas are largely toothless. Um, let's talk about Tish James subpoenas in New York. Right. Those are subpoenas in civil investigations. They're not toothless, but they give rise to lengthy legal battles. They will never be enforced. In, they will rarely be enforced in a timely manner. And with the Trumps, you know they're going to file nefarious lawsuit after to nefarious run out the lawsuit right. to try to run out the clock. So those are not the most efficient subpoenas. Let's move down to Georgia because grand juries in Georgia don't even get to issue subpoenas unless you ask the chief judge, may I please impanel a special grand jury so I can start using subpoenas. You have to ask permission of the judge for that. So that has been a long time coming. But you know what the mother of all subpoenas is? The federal grand jury subpoena. Because you can't, you can mock and deride, but you, but you can't end up defy. In jail. Because if you defy, I've issued more federal grand jury subpoenas than I could ever remember in my lifetime. And if you defy it, you know what happens? We immediately get a bench warrant from the judge to mm -hmm. enforce the subpoena. The U.S. Marshals are at your house 6 a.m. the next day. You're placed in cuffs and you're brought before the grand jury. You're brought before the judge first and then the grand jury. And guess what? You have a privilege you want to raise to try to avoid testifying, whether it's a bogus privilege or a viable privilege. You know what we do, Danielle? We immediately walk into the chief judge's courtroom. The chief judge has supervisory authority over the grand jury proceedings. And we litigate the issue instantly, in real time. And the judge issues a ruling promptly, like, I mean, within a couple of days, and orders the witness to go appear before the grand jury if he or she has no viable privilege to prevent their testimony. This is how. The insurrection, Donald 
Trump's conspiracy to end our democracy should be investigated. Yep. Apparently, it's not being investigated that way by the um, by the Department of Justice. They're going after the foot soldiers of the insurrection. They brought seditious conspiracy charges. So we know they're in the grand jury investigating and indicting these matters. But we haven't seen any evidence that they're in the grand jury aggressively going after the command structure of the insurrection. And if they don't take down the command structure of the insurrection, these idiots are going to be recruiting their second batch of they're, soldiers. They're they already don't need recruiting. These 700, 800 people nope. to attack the Capitol. They can get 800 or 8,000 in their place. That's why we, ha- we, we should be in the dang grand jury, federal grand jury, where they can't play all these subpoena games. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like, Glenn, we continue to have this sit and wait, sit and wait, sit and wait. We get these headlines that come out like this past week with Georgia, with New York, but it is a sit and wait game. And, you know, frankly, again, just saying, midterm elections, nine months away, right? And frankly, you know, the Biden administration doesn't have a lot to run on. Uh, it doesn't have a lot to give Democrats to go out there and say, this is what we're doing. We hear the American people. No one is above the law. Justice will prevail. We're going to hold democracy, you know, with everything we got. That's not what we're hearing. It's not what we're seeing. Um, Glenn, lastly, what, what are you, what are you paying attention to as, as we, we come to the end of this month going into February? What, what are some things that we need to have our eyes on? So I look every minute of every day for some outward manifestation that the Department of Justice is actively and aggressively criminally investigating the leadership of the insurrection, the command structure of the insurrection. And I will continue to look for that. The other thing I'm anxiously awaiting, public hearings by the House Select Committee, because Mm -hmm. I have a feeling they have blockbuster evidence. We now know that the Supreme Court told Donald Trump, shut up and sit down because you do not have executive privilege to assert to prevent what we all know is deeply damaging information from going from the National Archives to the House Select Committee. That's important both legally in that case and atmospherically for them to have largely shut down the executive privilege nonsense. So I have a feeling those 400 witnesses who have appeared Think about it. It really is only a handful of witnesses who have refused to comply. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones who are either intensely loyal to a fallen criminal president and or they have their own criminal culpability like Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and Scott Perry. Of course, they're not interested in cooperating because if they did walk into the House Select Committee, they'd have to say, "Mm, I'm going to go the way of Eric Trump. I invoke my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Give Roger Stone credit. He committed all kinds of crimes. He kind of walked into the grand jury and did what the law allows him to do. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. That's what these other knuckleheads should do. But they're even afraid to do that. So the Scott Perry's and the Jim Jordans running around around yammering all kinds of nonsense, right? Um, But there have been hundreds of witnesses who said, I'm not going that way. I'm going to tell the House Select Committee everything I know and what those 400 witnesses know, I'm sure is quite damning. 
and all of that is being um, it, it's being sort of coalesced down to what will be most important for us to see in public hearings. So I'm getting my popcorn and I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be ready in the tweets with you uh, to watch that live and then come back on here and discuss and unpack. Glenn Kirshner, as always, thank you so much for making the time to walk us through Trump's legal web, legal web of lies that we're all trapped inside of. And hopefully we're going to see the, you know, it coming down one string at a time. We appreciate you. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.